You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> well, this is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, LOH, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. I apologize battling the allergies here today if I sound a little bit different I don't sound like Phoebe from Friends where my voice when I get actually a little bit sick I sound better I think I just sound worse when I have some problems well you're highly critical about yourself I will say that you you have an attention to detail uh, that comes with everything that you do it, it does. It's it's a burden. It's a burden in my life. Uh, it's a burden to be so perfect. It, it, you know, just being flawless like this. It's a real issue. I just want to be normal. I just want to be a normal person out there. And Malik Monk, by the way, his attention to detail, just reading this quote. How about his attention? I love Malik Monk's quote that was put out in The Athletic. Was this Rod Boone who wrote this? This is Rod Boone, the one and only. The one and only Rod Boone covering the Charlotte Hornets for The Athletic. So, he puts a Malik Monk quote in there about his play against the Houston Rockets. And of course, with the context surrounding that, it's not somebody that has been playing a whole lot here recently. And Malik Monk's quote is, shit, I'm tired as hell. <laughs> nah, I think I did a pretty good job <laughs> trying to get back into a little rhythm. I hit a couple of shots, seen the ball go in. But most of all, we played hard. I played hard, too. And it was a good first game back. So Malik Monk giving you this quote of just excellent analysis on his first really minutes in a long time, getting a lot of DNP CDs throughout the last five, six, seven games or so. And Malik Monk coming out there, had a game against the Houston Rockets where he actually got 25 minutes, something like that, was inefficient once again. And Doug, you read this kind of tweet and you realize, oh wait, Malik Monk is still only 21 years old. That's what stuck out to me. You Because we've talked a lot about Malik Monk over these past two seasons, a lot here on this show and we're, we're very critical of him. And I think a lot of fans have been critical of him. A lot of other people in the media have been critical of his performances and his inconsistencies. And then you, you read a quote like this and you go, man, he is still so young. He's not even like media polished. Like he drops that quote. And, and if you read the beginning of the article, it starts like this. Leaning on the wall outside the locker room, Malik Monk was holding a closed styrofoam plate loaded with a heaping of the Hornets postgame spread yes so like he's sitting there he, he needs it hey he needs it he doesn't he even know to, to like run away so that Rod Boone can't like track him down while he's eating <laughs> leftovers you know so like he's still so young and he he has a lot of improving left to do and and the question is, can he do it fast enough to stay with the Charlotte Hornets, or will that organization move on? Will he be able to give you better quotes? I love Malik Monk. We all know that. But I also like the person. He seems so fun. I always go back to when Tony Parker signed with the Charlotte Hornets, and we got his natural reaction. And that was at Summer League. They were playing over in Las Vegas, and Malik Monk, you saw his genuine reaction once he found out Tony Parker signed. And it was so natural. This is so natural. It's just Malik talking to you. And I like seeing that. You're right. You need to see some polish from him. And it's it's hilarious. I just enjoy the type of person that Malik Monk is. He's a funny dude. If I could inject truth serum into Tony Parker, I would love to get Tony Parker's assessment of of Malik Monk this season. Because I think that would give you the truest indication of where Malik's 
career we value is now. Tony's opinion more than a lot of other people's, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, Tony being a point guard, it's funny. You see James Borrego, who certainly is the head coach. We should value his opinion more than any, but we've so relied on Tony, and you've heard James Borrego mention himself how much he's relied on Tony Parker, and you hear some of the quotes. He had, I, I think, a glowing review about Devontae Graham. I think Tony has said some good things about Devontae. And you can tell, you mentioned injecting truth serum into Tony Parker. There are things that you can tell whether he truly feels it or not, or at least you can gain a feeling. You feel like he does like Devontae, that he's a strong point guard. He mentioned his strength and his ability. Once he goes to the basket, he's controlled. I don't think you ever see Devontae too much out of control, at least. And I think Tony echoed some of that at the beginning of the season. Malik Monk, there's nothing that comes to mind about a glowing review, a part of his game. And by the way, he gave this quote after that those 26 minutes that he played against the Rockets, 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 9 from beyond the arc. So again, you know, he gets this opportunity to play more, is inconsistent. Borrego, after the game, the quote in this article on The Athletic, uh, Rod Boone, go check it out. Malik was aggressive. He just missed a couple of shots that normally go down for him. I'm going to stop you right there, JB. Yeah, yeah. They have not, I mean, maybe in practice, maybe when JB's watching and none of us, none of the rest of us get to watch, but, but when we've all had a chance to watch, those shots have not normally gone down for Malik, and that's the big problem. It, well, it's it's the fact that he doesn't give you anything on defense, so you need him to hit shots. Can you be a consistent guy that hits three-pointers? Can you be even 36%, just something like that? Not tremendous getting at 40. Can you hit 35 36% of your threes? And he hasn't done it. And he's a, that's the thing. He's a volume shooter, right? When people ask me, why isn't Malik Monk playing more? They've asked that for a season and, and almost two seasons now, and I say the same thing. If Malik Monk were hitting four to five three-point shots a game, and, and whether it's 30%, 40%, whatever, if he was giving you that kind of production game in, game out, then you couldn't deny him playtime. Well, and, and even look at, and we're doing a lot of dissecting this quote here. It's just pretty funny to me, and it's it's pretty vague, and yet it's funny to me. But how about this? I hit a couple of shots, seen the ball go in. I think I did pretty good. Well, Hey, man, you hit like three shots out of 12. If you thought that was good, then man, that's not good, Malik. That's the opposite of what you do. You are extremely critical on yourself. He was a little flippant. He's like, you know, I'm feeling good about this. Oh, I I shot a cool 10% from the field today, hit one of 10. I, yeah, I feel fantastic about my performance out there on the court today. That's nothing that you feel good about, nor should he. And we can talk about people being genuine with the media. I feel like, again, he was genuine here. Does he feel... That's nothing that you would feel the need to lie about. Players dump on their performance all the time. Does Malik need to dump on it? I Maybe. I don't know. It's just... Malik, you can't think you played pretty well against the Rockets. You can talk about your effort, which he did, and that's fine. I, I didn't see any lackadaisical moves from him out there, but he wasn't efficient. I don't think he was good. It's the reason we're talking about it. Well, and the reason we're talking about this quote is is because it is one of the few quotes we get from Malik Monk. He's not one to engage with the media. He is, you know, one of the first people out of the locker room on most nights. And I remember so, we ran wild with that during the Mark Gasol trade rumors that he was out quickly. We thought maybe he was on his way to Memphis during that time. Yeah, and everybody had to come in, and the people who go people in, who go there, they're right. like, "Hey, no, that's kind of his thing." <laughs> it's Malik. 
He takes a pile of leftovers and he goes home. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, (laughs) driving the kids around? If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say, play Locked On Hornets and make drive time. LOH time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Worst draft blunder of all time in Charlotte Hornets history? Yeah, we're going to relive the dark days. It's Locked On Hornets on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's almost NFL draft season. NFL draft not too far away. I believe just a little over a month out. Free agency has been absolutely bananas, by the way. NFL free agency. Doug, I don't know if you play pay any attention to the other sport. It's normally not this exciting. No, right? it's not. It is not. It is not. Well, you get a lot of movement in free agency. I shouldn't say that. You do get a lot of movement. It's pretty exciting. It's not Odell generational talent movement exciting but generally people consider the nba free agency period to be more exciting and you have the nfl i think starting to they're starting to realize this is that see everybody's hating on dave gettleman this is all he's doing he's just trying to create a couple storylines make you interested in the nfl rather than paying attention to the nba you got to stop the nba's growth before it actually really gets started i've been saying this for years not enough people pay attention to the nfl odell beckham jr getting traded to the cleveland browns it's absolutely nuts doug i don't know if you know anything about football or not about the nfl but i know that the balls are shaped differently yeah um there are laces on them and the cleveland browns have always been a bad football team it doesn't look like that anymore it's crazy good for them it it is good for them shout out to all you cleveland fans if there is any listening to the show right now i love you know what i respect the team trying to break out of misery and mediocrity well and we can talk about the previous regime, Sashi Brown, trying to tank the right way, not the Gettleman way, where he was accumulating a ton of assets. You don't get to where you are without the work of Sashi Brown. John Dorsey comes in, and he capitalizes it on it. He deserves a lot of the credit for going out, being aggressive, and you have these rookie quarterbacks on rookie deals that allow you to spend money in a lot of different other places. So this is where the NFL's heading. It's a lot of fun to watch NFL free agency right now. Go listen to Locked On NFL Draft. It's like one of our most popular podcasts on the network. People love the draft and the NBA draft. I, I do. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm paying attention every single day to the NFL draft. First and second day a little bit more, sure. But I am absolutely watching the third day of the NFL draft. And the NBA draft is a ton of fun, especially if you like college basketball. And if you like college basketball here in the city of Charlotte, we're hosting the ACC tournament right now. And that's a lot of fun to have everybody. It's it's pretty crazy over there. Seems like the NBA is embracing the, or, or Adam Silver at least, is entertaining the idea of extending that joy, of extending the NBA draft. Despite all of these you know, nerds that always pop up around NBA draft time that always say, we should get rid of the drafts. I've got a, I've got a radical idea. Let's, you know, that thing that everyone likes, that's really fun that we all pay attention to. Let's get rid of it. That that's, that is somebody who partakes on this show on Fridays. That's your boy, Nada. He's, he's a get rid of the draft guy. He'll be here. I'll tell him that I, I've told him oh, before that be I so think fiery. it's a terrible idea. It's going to be so fiery. There's going to be so many flames coming from this studio. I can't wait for Nada and Doug to go at it about the NBA draft. 
That's real. That's a real siren you're hearing right now coming over to the studio as we speak. So let's talk about the NBA draft with the ACC tournament here in Charlotte. Pretty cool to see some of these very talented players. There's a lot of them. You've got a couple of freshmen for Duke. You have a few freshmen for Duke. You have a very good sophomore for Virginia. Carolina's got a couple of guys that will get drafted in the lottery. Maybe maybe two with Kobe White having picked up a lot of steam. So let's talk about some of these players, Doug. And to me, I think the number one guy that I would want, Zion excluded, because because the Hornets aren't going to have a chance at him. They're not going to have a chance at R.J. Barrett. Just discussing players that I think the Hornets will have a legitimate shot to select that are partaking in the ACC tournament as we speak, I am in love with some DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is going to be viewed as somebody that can contribute on both sides of the floor. He is going to be hes the best defender in the ACC, and it's somebody that has the ability to hit a lot of shots from the outside. DeAndre Hunter is somebody that I th- I think it's one of those Mikhail Bridges prospects where a lot of people know about him right now. I'm not trying to act like he's that under the radar, but I just think he's going to pick up so much steam come NBA draft process that he's probably going to get drafted before the Hornets can even select him. That is, if the Hornets are selecting, I don't know, 9, 10, 11, something around there. Listen, grab the best player from Virginia. That has not been a terrible draft strategy over the past couple of years. Uh, you know that player is going to fall and you you know you've got Malcolm Brogdon and now Joe Harris as great examples of players from that college from Tony Bennett's former Charlotte Hornet from his tutelage uh, that are contributing majorly for teams right now. And, and you look at DeAndre Hunter is so different from those guys right because Malcolm Brogdon was a second round pick and Joe Harris wasn't exactly a lottery pick this guy's going to be a lottery pick and you're right taking the best Virginia player even with this kind of upside and people always like to clown Virginia for losing to UMBC at the Spectrum Center just last season and they deserve it you know Virginia being the number one seed to lose to a 16 seed fine Mm -hmm. they didn't have DeAndre Hunter in that game that's their only lottery pick and DeAndre Hunter to me it's somebody you look at his percentages shot 38 percent from three his freshman year shooting 47% from three on on two and a half attempts per game. Also, the best defender in the league, man, DeAndre Hunter, he's going to pick up too much, though. I just don't think the Hornets are going to be able to get him. These are the only numbers you need to know about DeAndre Hunter. 6'7", 225 pounds. You like that? Gimme. You like that body? Yeah, it's not as good as a Zion body, but you're not going to have a chance at that. So DeAndre Hunter and Doug, I know you going to Carolina having mm-hmm. you don't I, I know you don't watch college basketball a whole lot. You have seen Kobe White a decent amount. I'm with you, man. Love me some Kobe White. Yeah, I'm the guy that crams so that I'm knowledge I can pretend to be knowledgeable around draft time mm-hmm. and give my opinions and hope that people forget. So erase that when this episode wrong. from your memory as soon as you listen to it. Right. But the the, the few opportunities I've uh, taken to watch college basketball, I watch my Tar Heels and I've watched Kobe White. White and he gives me that that special feeling in special places when I watch him move through the lane because he moves so confidently and so fluidly. And I think there are just those guys that look like they're not thinking about what they're doing. They're not hesitating at all and they're just moving magically. It's the feeling that I get when I watch Donovan Mitchell play for Utah now. It's just like the guy, he knows before he even starts moving exactly the chain of moves that he's going to put together. He's like one of these guys that play you know, Street Fighter and Dominate. They just know exactly what they're going to do to you, and then they do it. And Kobe White does that, and he's amazing to watch. And you know he's, he's improved 
throughout this season. I know he had a, a tough start to this season for the Heels. He's only gotten better, and I want to take the guy who's getting better. As Roy Williams' teams do every single year, people panic because the schedule is extremely tough, and then North Carolina finds a way to go into conference play and figure it all out. They have a tough schedule at the beginning every single time, and with a freshman point guard like Kobe White, you could see how that might be a tough start for him. But now he's been very good. He's shooting 44% from the field, 38% from three-point range, and also... The dude is beefy, man, and and stocky, I should say. He's he's a big guy at six four and a half, six five, something like that. Six five point, point guard guards are all the rage, by the way. Don't, no, and he I doesn't move like that. I don't want six six. I don't want you know Michael Carter Williams long arms. I'll get that guy out of here. So <laughs> six four, that's way too short. Well, and and <laughs> six five is the perfect size want. for a point guard. And, well, and even and even like Shea Gilgis Alexander, you can tell he moves. There like we six. go. Don't even. I don't even. We're moving. <laughs> I'm just telling you. That was the you big. You couldn't resist. Before, I just want you to know. Before we got, I was going to gonna this put sec- a knock on him. I was going to put a knock on SGA. But I just you wouldn't w- let me because but- here you go, interrupting the host again. Before this segment, you said <laughs> I'm not going to mention SGA. Good or in bad- the light that we had talked about him before we got on air. I was going to say I was going to give a knock on him, Doug. Mm-hmm. You said Kobe White is a big point guard. He is. I said it. You agreed. Six five. I was saying that Kobe White does not move like a big point guard. He moves like a small point guard despite being 6'5 and very stocky. SGA, who was viewed as the biggest point guard coming into the draft last season, you can tell he moves like a big point guard. It's somebody that doesn't move with the quickness that Kobe White does. It's more the finesse game for SGA. Kobe White is damn quick, and he is big. That is my SGA take for today. Thank you for listening. The angrier you get, the more passionate you get, the worse your voice sounds. <laughs> I can't help it. You got me angry on the Shea Gildas Alexander take. I was trying to give one. I was trying to throw a bone to the people. It does sound bad, man. I'm a nasally as hell. Let's take a, a one more break. I'm going to try to get everything figured out with my voice and just a lot of other things in general. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. One of the shots is Godzilla just, of course, rising out of the sea, ready to fight all the other Godzilla monsters that are attacking Earth. And I was like, oh, it's Frank Kaminsky. That's exactly what Frank did. He Ferocious. Just, where has he been? He just comes out of the ocean. You made that. That was, that was quite the sound. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Of course, Doug, during the break again, there's a lot of things that we're updating you on that happens during the break. Doug wants to give you another peanut butter update. Important. A lot of people came at him on Twitter. I did not expect that because I was with you. It seemed like I was the only one that was on your side about this. Apparently, I am in the dark on natural peanut butter as well, but our boy David Walker came at you. Nada came at you. A lot of OGs to the podcast came at you. They didn't even let you get away with that take and I was kind of with you on it but you have an update for us well I want to clarify one thing I bought peanut butter by the Whole Foods brand and maybe somewhere in small print it had the words all natural but there was no explanation of what that meant I mean this for all intents and purposes this looked like your run-of-the-mill standard peanut butter that your dad and your grandfather have always bought and always made sandwiches with so that's point number one point number two peanut butter update 
I I did put it in the refrigerator, but you shouldn't have to refrigerate peanut butter. But I put it in the refrigerator. I gave it a shot because I don't like wasting food. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. And I took it out this morning. Still peanut soup. It's in the trash can. Now it's trash can peanut butter. When you get angry, you get more passionate and your voice sounds worse. All right, let's get to the NBA draft a little bit more before we get to some of the draft blunders that we've seen. Looking at some other guys, like Nas Little, I just wanted to hit on Nas Little before we took that break. It's the other, uh, it was somebody that was viewed in in very high regard coming into this season. Nas Little was probably a top five pick a lot of people were putting him at, had an excellent performance in the McDonald's All-American game. And Doug, I, I just watched Nas Little and I don't feel lottery pick you have to have this guy I, I i feel better about kobe white and nas has all the ability in the world there's just times even then even though he's gotten better throughout the season there are times where he has been able to take over in certain stretches the leaping ability is is awesome i just nas little seems lost at times and, and i don't know it, it gives you malik monk vibes where it's and it's not even the malik monk was amazing in college that guy was a thrill nas little hasn't been necessarily a thrill in college and there are things there are times where he just looks lost and the shot the jump shot certainly isn't there the three-point shot isn't there right now under 30 from three don't check those numbers but i'm pretty sure that's correct it it doesn't it doesn't look good i'm not surprised and, and that's exactly where i would get uh, yes yeah, so it'd be about 30 or under and it's just somebody that had so much hype coming into the season i think a lot of people share that same exact opinion I do by the way I feel like I'm with the masses and that people have kind of backed off of Nas a little I'm with you you with me on Nas yeah I'm uh, it's just I just under 30 percent from three in college I'm yeah I think you have to stay away yeah yeah, I, I just think Nas Little is somebody that's kind of been going backwards a little bit. And now you look at some of the worst draft blunders. And Doug, I know you came across this on Twitter looking at some of the worst mistakes the Hornets have ever made. Yeah, this certainly is a, recently. Yeah, this is from uh, Baseline Buzz. A lot of people in Hornets Twitter blog land are familiar with uh, with this guy. And uh, he put a poll out there, worst Hornets draft blunder of all time. Uh, Felton and May over Chris Paul. Well, see, and May was drafted after Chris Paul, so I don't, I don't get Sean. Was there a trade? Was there a trade that happened? Maybe that I guess. Them? Maybe I don't uh, remember. But as much. then MKG over Beal, uh, Frank over the Celtics offer, and then Malik Monk over Donovan Mitchell, and 226 votes as we do this podcast. 11 hours left on this poll, so not a, not a huge sample size, but certainly not, it's not a, nothing, a, yeah. not an insignificant sample size relative to this market, and. like Frank over the Celtics offer, which shocked me. And I know I knew that would shock you. And I also know where you're going to go on this, on which one you would put. The one, and before you say yours, I think MKG, as much as I like MKG for what he is, I did want Bradley Beal in that draft. And I talked myself into liking MKG because I thought maybe he could learn how to shoot. And that was, we all knew MKG couldn't shoot coming out of college. We knew Bradley Beal very much could. Very good offensive player. Had the defensive potential. He had a nice body for defensive ability coming into the NBA. I I just, to me, if you have Beal and Kimba so early to work together, that is a very nice duo that you're working with for quite some time. Now, maybe... We're talking about Donovan Mitchell over Malik Monk five years from now, where you could say, does that save Kimba Walker? Does the draft pick, maybe even now, does the draft selection of Donovan Mitchell save Kimba Walker from leaving the Charlotte Hornets franchise? I, I And I feel like you're going Malik Monk 
over Donovan Mitchell. I just think MKG over Beal, man, you have Bradley Beal on this roster. I think you have a very nice backcourt, and it's why I wanted to trade for him so badly. And listen, I mean, if we're as long as we're playing the what if game, could Beal's development if he if he you know gets through his injury and and starts contributing for for the Hornets sooner, could that have stunted what Kimba Walker? did and developed I mean we just don't we don't know the answer to those questions True. but what shocks me about the Frank over the Celtics offer is because one we don't know what that Celtics offer is and it just goes to something that I've talked about on this show that I yell at people even if they don't want me to yell it uh, but if anyone will listen to me I say listen people value the unknown they overvalue the unknown and they undervalue what is known as soon as the car leaves the lot it loses half its value. It's that same kind of idea. We don't know what the Celtics offered. And when they offered that, what, however many picks, you don't know what those picks are going to end up being. And none of those picks were, at least what's reported, were over what that pick that we used on Frank would have been that year. So I just I don't understand how 42% of the people agree with that pick. I think it's just frustration over Frank's, you know, the fact that he hasn't developed like they wanted him to and 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 the association with Michael Jordan making that pick. But to me, it's Malik Monk over Donovan Mitchell. We know that Donovan Mitchell is a star now in this league and will be a uh, will continue to be a star in this league. And Malik Monk so far is at is at zero contribution. Yeah, and I the one thing I wonder about Donovan Mitchell, and I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I saw Bomani make this point one time and I thought it was interesting enough to where Donovan Mitchell, he's a high volume guy. And sure. You look at him on a good team. Yeah, on a good team, high volume guy, forty two percent from the field, not above thirty four percent in any of the years that he's played in both of the years that he's played so far, but still a twenty point guy. Look, I'm I'm taking Donovan Mitchell a hundred percent. I here's what I wonder. What does Bo say? Well, Bo says that are we going to fall out of love with Donovan Mitchell for being a volume type score no. as we've done with other scores in the league before? No, because he plays on a good team, he contributes for a good team, and he does not make that team worse. Now, he doesn't make them considerably better, and I think that's the challenge for him moving forward, but he doesn't make that team worse, and they're a playoff caliber team. It's the reason I knocked Devin Booker, because I want to see Devin Booker produce those kind of numbers for a team that has other contributors that is a good team. And Donovan Mitchell is a two-way player as well. He's going to give you... No, and you're right about that. And that's the point that absolutely is in is in your bag with Donovan Mitchell. It is somebody that you can tell competitively. He, he is all over the place on defense. He is a two-way player. And I, I think people genuinely like Donovan Mitchell. You know, I think people genuinely like playing with him. It seems like he is an energetic guy. Donovan's a fun guy. I, I think it's just... I'm interested to see how we... If we still are in love with Donovan if those numbers continue to stay around the same, which he's still a good player with those numbers, but does he take another level? And I'll say this, that's not even why I think it's the bigger blunder. Because I don't want to be hindsight 2020 guy and pretend that during that draft period that I was all over Donovan Mitchell and, and what and didn't think that that Malik Monk pick was awesome, okay, when Malik Monk fell. I was one of the people, amongst a lot of people, who were thinking, yeah, if Monk falls, you got to take Monk there. He's a special type of shooter hasn't turned out well for the Hornets, but I'm not going to hindsight 2020. The reason that, it, to me, it's a, a big blunder is because it appears from kind of rumor mill plus a little bit of reporting that this this was a move that sort of went against... Right, yeah, Steve the, the, wanted the, it badly. <laughs> yeah, Steve Clifford wanted Donovan Mitchell, and and you went against the guy that is that led your team to a play, that drug your team out of misery... And, and and into a playoff berth and was 
probably one of the guys that was most responsible for Kimball Walker's development into what Kimball Walker was. You went against that guy's instinct and and didn't give him a player that he could use to save his job. And Rich Cho was fighting for his job at that point. I love that conversation. I love the power struggle conversation between Michael Jordan, Rich Cho, and Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford, who's fighting for his job, but ultimately can't affect the team as much as he can, building it like the general manager whose job it is to build it. And if you take Donovan Mitchell, everybody was saying, take Malik Monk at number 11 overall. And I feel like that was just too big of a risk for Rich Cho to take at that time. The, the good GMs do it. The good GMs can take a risk and it comes to fruition. And sure enough, they're a part of a team for a long time. But Rich Cho, I felt like if you missed by taking Malik Monk, I think that was a little bit easier to swallow, I guess. I don't know. I, I just feel like Malik Monk was the guy that everybody was saying take. And that power struggle between Steve Clifford and Rich Cho, Rich Cho had to put his stamp on this team getting another selection. All right, we'll take a, uh, we'll end it today. We have enough time. We're out of time here, I should say. So thanks for listening to us here on Locked On Hornets. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank you.